0: Welcome to episode four of Oblong Desk. I'm John Tyndall, and joining me, as usual, it's Noakes. Hello, Noakes.
1: Hi, John. How are
0: you? I'm feeling chipper, and particularly because uh, I wanted to mention some of our our great listener friends who we've made along the way. Some new people have joined the Oblong Desk family, and I wanted to give them a quick shout out because they've been doing some sterling work in promoting the show to other people. So, uh, hello to Mike, who runs a company called entertainment who do a particularly fine pub quiz when the pubs are open and also to c paul brown extreme rice on uh twitter who's been uh, promoting the heck out of the show so thank you to both of them for doing that and if you'd like a little mention at the top of the show then all you have to do is share one of our tweets share one of our facebook posts around and say hey listen to these guys i'm enjoying it that kind of thing And it'd be great for us.
1: Yeah, please do. And uh, thank you also from me to to both those people that uh, John mentioned there. All publicity is good publicity. Uh, is almost a saying that someone once said. Um so let's yes. um let's get on with the, the main reason why we're here. We are now on to now twenty four, which was the spring ninety three release. Spring ninety three being a very memorable time for University Radio Nottingham people because it included an FM broadcast when we actually well, sort of um started knowing what we were doing really, I suppose.
0: Yeah. It was a big leap, wasn't it? It made you feel more grown up, I guess, as radio people, because when we were broadcasted just to the campus, you kind of felt a bit safe, but it again was that listener feedback because suddenly people who weren't students would get in touch with the show and they'd be just like normal people from Nottingham going, "Hey, I'm listening to you, and it's great or I'm listening to you what what is this in some
1: <laughs> yeah. And then, and there was a lot more of that in in the March 93 one, which was the second time we did it. I think there was a lot more um, random people phoning in. I think we kind of had a bit more idea what we were doing. From a personal point of view, we had uh, just got sales built into the uh, chart that I presented for the first time. So it was, it was genuinely exciting to be doing the chart show then. And, and a lot of the tracks on this album were in the
0: chart. And I think a lot of people who were around there at the time went on to do things actually in professional radio as a result and professional telly. So it was clearly whatever we were doing there and however much we were just doing it and seeing what happened, experimenting, I suppose, there must have been something in it because there's a lot of people who now can quote URN. As uh, part of their alumni,
1: definitely. There's um, there's people in uh, working for ITN. There's people who uh, work for ITV in production. There's people on BBC local radio, commercial radio, the lot. Um, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a very fruitful time. And uh, this Now album does a good job of rounding up some of the songs in the uh, first third of the year. Because it was released on the 26th of April, 1993. We have 37 top chart hits this time. 19 on the first disc, as is customary. That's been the same for all of the ones we've done so far. Just 18 on the second, but there's a couple of long tracks on there. That's probably why. We've got five re-releases on here. We're into this period where there was an awful lot of this going on. Uh, Two remixes, but there should be three. More of that anon, and six covers, and rather neatly, final appearances this time for Genesis and peter gabriel
0: <laughs> you see that's almost <laughs> worth some uh, actually applause, isn't it? yeah i it? think yeah but, yeah a little bit yeah little let's, bit. let's put some in there
1: i mean yeah, it's it's more it's more um, by accident than design although um peter gabriel never had a hit again after this to, of any great note so it was always likely to be his final appearance but genesis i think did have a few more hits later in the 90s didn't they when um, when phil collins left and that other bloke uh started singing instead
0: only Collins would do.
1: It was, yeah, it was. It was meant to be. It was. It was written in the stars. On that note, I think we should uh, perhaps begin our review. What do you reckon?
0: Let's get cracking. <laughs>
1: Disc 1, track 1 on Now24 isn't what you'd call one of the big hitters. We're not talking a Queen or a... Well, later on it would be Robbie Williams, somebody like that. Um, it's the Bluebells and Young at Heart, which um, was used on a... Uh, are we allowed to say the name of the car? Possibly. Don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, say Volkswagen car advert. And um, actually, it had already been on Now 3 um, back in, in the time of its original release. Now, I remember loving this at the time, but as a result of it being re-released, I ended up, well, not hating it, but not being very keen on it anymore.
0: I think it's perfectly pleasant. Yes,
1: yeah, pleasant melodies.
0: And when I listen to it now, I have that kind of same thing, I don't know if it's because of the violins, but I have that same kind of reaction that I have to Dexy's Midnight Runners. Come on, Eileen! I think yeah. because I've heard it so often, it's kind of jarring on me a little bit now. Do you know it's originally a, uh, a Banana Rama song?
1: I did. Yes, I've actually heard their version, and um, it's well, not great to be honest.
0: <laughs> I saw it, that it was done for them, and I thought. Do I want to go there and try it? Might, I might do one day, but not at the
1: moment. Well, they did write it, to be fair. So.
0: <laughs> there's one interesting bit in here that I've never really kind of worked out, and that's in the first verse. And it sounds like somebody drops something oh. with the violin bit. There's a, weird, there's a weird noise in there, and it kind of feels like a bad edit. And it could I've be. I've never been able to fathom out why they, yeah, did they only do one take? Was that the best? thing or whatever but yeah that if you go and listen to it there is just this bit in the say the first verse and it sounds like someone's either dropped something or one of the blue bells has walked into one of the other blue bells and it just seems you know you don't often hear that on pop records you don't hear mistakes and particularly these days
1: yeah you, you do hear the odd bad edit but you don't hear people knocking things over so have a listen to that um and let us know get in touch tell us what you think it is yeah
2: yeah
0: let's head into our second track take that are still trying and still failing to be quite as good as they are when barlow gets to write things but they've done another cover it's could it be magic
1: and and this is almost robbie practicing for his uh, disc one track one slot later on um it's all right this i think it was the first one that kind of got them noticed in the general pop world i would say because you'd had uh, it only takes a minute which was just regarded as a cheesy cover um you'd had million love songs which i think most people kind of glossed over really and forgot about this one because it was a slightly bigger hit i think probably pushed them towards the number one hits that they had in 93
0: i think it's the best thing at this point that they had done but we're still a long way to go
1: yeah and Um and and we'll come back to take that as we go through the next well quite a few albums actually so uh we've we've got more to to come from them and probably more interesting songs to hear
0: listeners will be going i thought they played songs on this thing and so we better had let's play a bit of sub sub
1: was Ain't No Love, Ain't No Use by Sub Sub featuring Melanie Williams track 4 on Now24 which we're reviewing on this edition of Oblong Desk, a pre-release track so I suppose a little minor Ashley Abram applause for putting this one on because uh, there's no guarantee it would be a hit of course, they were completely unknown before this and what a fantastic song it is, still sounds good on the radio in fact I played it on the radio the other day
0: I was listening to that very moment Uh, I think it's one of the best kind of dance pop records of the era i would go that far Uh, it's slinky it's sassy and it's got a sexy vocal and as you say it still sounds brilliant today which is what 27 years later so a mark of a great song
1: Yeah. And um, it's a shame, really, that they they didn't go on to bigger things as Sub Sub because I've have heard some of their other tracks. They did quite a lot of uh, chill out type music, which is which is decent. But um, they then became doves, of course, and went in a completely different direction. Melanie Williams um, had a couple of hits, but uh, nothing anywhere near as good as this. Bit of a bit of a lost talent, I think, though, given how good her voice is.
0: Yeah. Track four, it's Snap, and they kind of suffer, I think from The Power being the one everyone plays, particularly uh, those radio stations that have got the music programming policy of only playing the very biggest hit by a band. Because this one, track four, Exterminate, I think it's really interesting. It's got that vocal solo opening. It's got the flutes in the middle and a cracking, cracking performance by Nikki Harris. It's not as immediate as The Power, but I think it's a lot better in some ways and chiefly Because it doesn't have Turbo B in it.
1: (laughs) He doesn't know he'd gone by this point, he'd been sacked. I've I've got a talking Dalek who may be able to do the title of this one. there we go how's about that
0: fantastic we're, we're introducing <laughs> Hopefully you can props. hear
1: that it's my uh, it's my death to the daleks model for those doctor who fans listening who wonder which one i've got yeah. um now worth silly money on ebay but uh, you're not having it uh yeah i i agree it's um it's quite an interesting track i mean it was a number two hit um so it was a very big hit but as you say you don't hear it anymore you only ever hear the power and occasionally rhythm is a dancer as we've previously discussed hacked a bit so may as well not be playing it on the radio but uh yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, I liked it at the time. Um, I wouldn't kind of switch it off, but it's not something I'd go to necessarily either.
0: Okay, track five then, and uh, it's time for a uh, remix. Sister Sledge, We Are Family. Yeah,
1: now this is the one that I'm less keen on, actually, um, out of the two big hits. There were three of these. So there's We Are Family, Lost in Music, and then uh, Everybody Dance, I think, um, was the other one. Uh, which which was not a, a massive hit um but uh yeah it's it 's okay um i 'm not sure it 's dated brilliantly this uh, I prefer the lost in music remix, to be honest, I think that does more with the song and is a bit more interesting
0: for me, this does have one great redeeming feature well maybe it's not redeeming but it's got one of the great misheard lyrics of our time we're giving love in a femidom (laughs) yeah i think it's it's a a femidom akin to putting one of those plastic tablecloths before you do an art project on the kitchen table lovely image (laughs) thanks um i think this song the the original is is fine we don't need a remix the original is absolutely fine and to stretch the femidom analogy a little bit further We didn't need this 90s invention to satisfy a few housewives who should have really known better.
1: Very good. And I think we have to leave it there and move on to uh, something that is uh, probably also not required these days, in my opinion. Track six, Informer by Snow. Now, everybody loved this at the time. I really don't care for it at all anymore, if I'm honest.
0: And I'm I'm pretty much in the same ballpark as you. I can remember the days when being moved on by the police for chilling with your homies was worthy of writing a chart hit like this, but... It's like my middle-aged respect for authority is maybe far less sympathetic to Snow now, and I kind of think, you know, just behave yourself, keep your social distance, and stop banging around in your 5.0 with your guns and all that. Yeah, I've grown out of it, but yeah, as you say, massively enjoyed and played at the time.
1: I think anyone who who is under the impression that releasing a follow-up single called Ur in You is a good idea didn't deserve any more hits, quite honestly.
0: No. No, I don't know what he's doing now. Maybe he's melted.
1: Well, we don't want to hear about your er uh, in you, Mr Snow. So let's move on to track seven. It's Shabba Ranks with Chevelle Franklin. She gets credited on, on the Now album. She got credited on the record, but she hardly ever gets credited when anybody plays it or whenever you see it on a compilation. Uh, Mr Loverman was released the year before when it made number 23. And then someone thought, oh, hang on, reggae's starting to get popular again. Or ragga, I should say probably in this case, and uh, let's let's whack it out again. And lo and behold, there you go, bigger hit.
0: Picture the scene. There's a romantic dinner date going on. A young dude has pulled out all the stops. He's cooked spaghetti carbonara, and he's chilled his best bottle of Lambrusco, because it's 1993, and he's a sophisticated kind of guy. The stereo has been calmly trundling through Enya's back catalogue all evening, and then suddenly, its lights down... And Mr. Loverman comes on as he makes his play. It's no longer dinner. It's a full-on get-the-pepper-spray-and-run-for-it situation. I'm not saying if you own the record you're a menace to society, but we're not far off. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just so creepy to listen to it now.
1: It is actually, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a it's an odd one in the in the me too generation era, I suppose. But then a lot of these are I mean, we yeah. we can't judge them on modern standards really or we'd probably dismiss half
0: of each album as being terrible and unworthy. Maybe, but um the next track, <laughs> the guy who sings that, he always seemed to have plausible deniability. It's <laughs> to the in, to the, he, to the he actually wrote a song about plausible (laughs) deniability and it is the sixth of our six tracks in a row where the artists start with the letter s are there any more on his
1: yeah sunscreen
0: basically ashley lumped all of the other artists beginning with s together and track eight we're going to play a bit of it now is shaggy
1: With Oh Carolina, track eight on disc one of Now 24, one of three number ones on this collection. By the way, that doesn't sound brilliant, but when you bear in mind that Whitney was still annexing the top of the chart for well all of January and I think some of February, um, and she wasn't eligible to be on this album, then that's, that's not bad going. It's it's basically 100% of the uh, number one songs available to Mr. Abraham. So uh, once again, he did well, and this one um, was, if anything, played even more. More than the other ones we discussed earlier that were played on the radio constantly. Uh, just like most of those, you don't really hear it very often now. But actually, I'm kind of OK with hearing this one now, more so than, uh, than Shabba and Snow, I would say.
0: There was a bit more cartoonishness to his uh, overbearing, lover-lover-man kind of vibe. I went and listened to the original Prince Buster song. And he's been fairly faithful to the original, just pepped it up a little here and there. I was surprised how similar the two songs were. Um, But yeah, this version, absolutely no problem with it at all. It still sounds good and it's a nice, nice vibe. I don't know who Carolina was or whether he was um, having an ode to the Carolina Panthers or what. I sense it was a lady.
1: (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Possibly. Was it was the original? Did the original have the mildly rude words in? Because I know that the uh, there's a shaggy version that I may have accidentally played once uh, on the chart on the B side that had uh, slightly ruder words.
0: No, no. Prince Buster's version is 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 clean. And uh, but like most of his recordings, if you go and listen to them, I don't know where they were done but um, they clearly were done with cheap mics, and it always sounds like he's sort of standing about three streets away from the microphone. When he oh, yeah, it. So yeah, So you can see why people have gone back and, and sort of taken these songs that, that are so influential to them and redone them because they deserve in most cases and particularly like this one they deserve doing in a professional yeah, yeah, environment yeah
1: and um and of course lee scratch perry was one of the big reggae producers wasn't he and i think he did that technique of having people standing miles away from the mic and having a a kind of a, a just a box and nothing else in the room so it sounded really echoey and dubby so yeah that makes sense but uh, yeah it's it's a good song i mean huge number one hit you don't really hear it now for some reason i don't know why um i don't think there's anything wrong with it particularly
0: it's because there's another shaggy song that uh, the well, radio stations will yes. always play first.
1: yes that's true
0: now something that certainly wasn't underproduced is track nine and we're going to give you a little blast of that now it's our frenzy
2: 17 oh, oh, like an ocean. As I push I blow your emotions you explode, huh, light, huh, dynamite. You've got the fuse, but to your i got the light together we swing Shh. Hear our soul sing a symphony, a lover's harmony. Yeah, can you hear the, <speaking in> the <background> harmony? Deep, deep down, sleep with you. So rest upon my chest deep, deep down, So rest upon my chest <speaking in the background> <speaking in the background>
1: track nine on now 24 that we're reviewing on this edition of oblong desk is deep by east 17 and uh, i don't know what you think john but i think this may be their finest song the one that still holds up best today
0: i do like it but i'm not going to put it as their finest track there's a couple more that we'll come to possibly a little bit later on that i'm even more of a fan okay. of they never knew what to do with themselves in the videos to their slow songs though did they The fast songs are all right, because you can can kind of pose it. Uh, It's like, how can I look well-armed while I'm singing soppy stuff? Uh, That said, it's uh, more quality work from the boys and a far better choice for the uh, Carbonara slash Lambrusco date.
1: Yes, I think you're probably right, and um, it's uh, it's certainly miles better than the 17 song we sadly have to tackle on the next album. But let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves because uh, I don't want to give the game away. But it's uh, truly terrible, and uh, I I think um, yeah, okay, it's a bit cheesy, but I think it still stands up pretty well. Uh, that song. I mean, you only ever hear the Christmas one now, so uh, again, it, it could be heard more on the radio possibly, but uh, not ever likely to happen.
0: Next up, a, a band who I quite like, and, and this one at the time really did, Stereo MCs and Step It Up. Uh, but I've gone back and listened to it, and basically it's a funky reworking of Agadoo, to the left, to the right, Step It Up. It was wise to ditch the pineapple pushing in the quest for a cool song, uh, but yeah. I was I was shocked by the lyrical similarity.
1: Yeah, actually now you come to mention it. It is a bit similar, isn't it? I think um out of the four hits that they had off the connected album I think it's probably the least interesting, and I think the next couple afterwards, um, that that we won't actually get to review, well, not as part of a Now album anyway, uh, they were um, probably better. I think I'd rather hear Creation, and Ground Level in particular is a really interesting track if you listen back to that. But uh, yeah, we only ever got Step It Up on a main Now album, and uh, it's alright, but I i think we went crazy for it when it was out and it's one of those that probably doesn't justify that now looking back really
0: no probably not probably not um i think the vibe they had was really good and off the back of connected as well which was an awesome song i think this is a good follow-up to that it you know it's in the same vibe but it's significantly different enough to make it worth worthwhile Mm. listening yeah have you ever given or indeed received love in a femidom share your experiences with a therapist not us it's not that kind of podcast at the oblong desk on facebook and twitter gets your thoughts on the music through to us if you've ever used a song to aid your seduction routine we can probably cope with hearing about that On the way, Noakes Goes Netherlands.
1: It's actually the first Dutch chart-topper this was since Pussycat, Mississippi. And I know which I'd rather listen to.
0: I make this noise. And we hand out a Warnock Award. Next, though, a song about how a Welshman pays for his drink in the pub. It's Arrested Development with a Tennessee... Please yourselves.
2: All which are in front of me The ultimate truth started to get blurry For some strange reason it had to be It was all a dream about Tennessee
1: That's track 11 on Now24, it's Arrested Development and Tennessee, a song that was released a year earlier when it managed to spend seven weeks in the top 75, pootling around but only getting to number 46. The remix uh, didn't do a a great deal better, I mean it got in the top 40 but it only got to number 18 which made it nowhere near as big as uh, Mr. Wendell which uh, isn't on here and uh, Everyday People of course, or People Everyday, I should say. but I've always had a fondness for Tennessee. Uh, I remember playing it when it was out the first time at URN and uh, really liked it. And um, I, I think it still sounds good.
0: I think it's a really cool laid-back sound. Uh, and it still does, as you say, it sounds fab even now. And I would put it as the best thing they ever did as well. I, I, love, yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah, um, I think you're
0: right. Yeah. We're showing them some love. <laughs> and uh, Robin S. is showing us some love as well. Show Me Love yes. uh, is tracked. 12 um unremarkable dance fodder i'm afraid for me
1: uh, I, I reluctantly agree i liked it at the time but it's one of those that does get played on the radio as an example of this period of dance music and it's by no means the best example it was also remixed at least twice later and covered or kind of borrowed in another couple of songs and uh, frankly i think we've all had quite enough of it which brings me on nicely to uh, track 13 uh, someone who we've all had enough of well i certainly have um lulu with independence Mm. Yes,
0: the Jimmy Cranky of Pop. More annoying, though. Yeah, she's getting our award for ruining Now24. The Neil Warnock goes to you, Lulu, and I hope you're very happy together. Lulu's famous for croaking out that word, that one word, yeah. <sighs> yeah. in 1965, and she's lived off that... For now, the best part of, what, 55 years. There are a fair few 60s female vocal artists who are being persuaded back into the studio to record new stuff around this time. You've got like likes of P.P. Arnold, Diana Ross. By the time you've dredged the barrel and found Lulu, it's time to stop. You could have got somebody, I think, like Lisa Stansfield to sing this, and it would have been much, much better because it's not actually a bad song at all. The
1: song's okay. The issue I have with Lulu is she jumps on every bandwagon going. As as you say, she's lived off that song. Uh, When she saw that loads of uh, 60s songs were getting re-released or remixed in the mid-80s, mainly as a result of Jean's adverts, um, she jumped on that bandwagon and got Shout reissued. Not only that, she did a re-recorded version and somehow managed to get both sales combined into the chart, which in itself is quite an achievement, because usually, uh, and it's happened quite a few times, where an artist um, has a new version of a song out, and then the record company re-releases the old one. They're usually treated as two separate things. So somehow she spawned a, a, a bigger hit than she should have got out of that. Then she jumped on the uh, dance bandwagon. Oh, who remixed this? Brothers in Rhythm. Uh, I think she may have heard the uh, remix of Temptation, perhaps, and thought, oh, I can get a bit of that let's get brother let's get the phone number brothers in rhythm you know yellow pages i don't think they were probably in the yellow pages but anyway and then of course um and, and well and we'll come to this later because uh, it's on a future now album and then of course she thought oh take that, a good aren't they jumped on that bandwagon uh then what was the next one the spice girl she was in the video for uh, who do you think you are wasn't she i think uh, one of those from that
0: time her and Halliwell are kind of meeting yes. of minds though
1: yes very much so and then and then she's just gone bandwagon hopping ever since and you still see her turning up on television as if she's some kind of expert you know whenever Eurovision's on she gets dragged out and so on and uh, I, I, I need to stop this rant now because uh, it's it's not good for my blood pressure mate
0: yes uh, well we are handing her her Warnock and now we can move on and leave Lulu before she yes it's in touch here and (laughs) starts. Can I be on your show? Can
1: I be a guest? Yeah. Right. Okay. And relax. So, uh, track fourteen, which is it? Which is a nice mellow, semi-dance tune, I suppose. It's a it's a cover version this time, West End, featuring Sybil and the Love I Lost. I mean, it's all right. It's quite a nice, nice little tune.
0: It it falls into my. uh, It's a cover with a contemporary beat slapped on, which adds very little to the original, and so uh, pleasantly not annoying. Which in itself makes it a little bit annoying yes let's carry on to a behemoth
1: <laughs> yes it
0: is this for me is the big mac of dance music it's too unlimited no limit everyone knows it everyone's tried it And in spite of it being made from inferior bits and pieces, it's incredibly easy to enjoy and then feel a little unclean about it afterwards.
1: It is. um, It's probably not their best song, uh, but it's the only number one hit they had. It's actually the first Dutch chart topper this was since Pussycat, Mississippi. And I know which I'd rather listen to, uh, as as you probably know. Um, But uh, this is okay. I mean, the, the parody's got a bit tedious after a while i mean do you remember there was that the the mad jocks did a version called no lager um
0: yeah yeah it was very easy to parody yeah. my favorite my favorite of this obviously comes from smash hits printing the lyrics <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> was just, just page after page of no <laughs> a little like uh like Aiky breaky heart from last time it's one of those things that's going to be here forever like it or not and i think you know the fame, the notoriety that No Limit has, it deserves to be remembered and it deserves to be on here absolutely
1: oh uh, yeah of course i mean we're not we're not in any way saying that it shouldn't um it's it's you know a huge number one hit so as we said earlier mr abram was rounding them up all of them so uh mm. yeah and, and of course they'd already been on uh, previous now albums so not a surprise yeah, to see yeah. it yeah. uh
0: a strident and classy bit of rave for track 16 capella you got to know
1: yeah. Now, the sleeve notes are interesting here because uh, apparently we are told Capella is Ettore Foresti. Well, he definitely isn't. He's Italian house producer extraordinaire Gianfranco Bortolotti. I know that for a fact. So, who Ettore Foresti is, I have absolutely no idea, unless he co wrote it or something. Um, now, this was put on the album after charting at number 22. So, it had only just gone in the charts. It was a Top 10 hits and fairly sizable one. Uh, But I didn't know for years afterwards that it used bits of Happy House by Susie and the Banshees because I just didn't know that song at all at the time. I just assumed this was all original. Silly me. Italian house original. I mean, I might love it, but the one thing it isn't is original.
0: No, they do tend to borrow things (laughs) from people, don't they? Uh, And when I say borrow, I mean steal. Yes. And, And then later claim, I don't know how that got there. And I tried listening to this you know just to sort of refresh my memory cuz as you say a lot of italian house does sound a little bit similar to each other and so i wanted to just like nail in my head and i put this on i was like oh yeah it's this one and then i found myself sitting here listening to it it's not a sit down and listen to track you need the strobe light
1: i've always loved pretty much everything capella ever did so i'm a little bit biased here but uh, but i think it's one of the better ones i think it's uh, it stands up quite well better than the bigger hit which again we'll uh, we'll cover in future
0: we're in that kind of nightclub vibe so uh, let's play track 17 it's sunscreen pressure us yeah. from Sunscreen there on oblong desk where we're reviewing now 24 this time round the piano on here couldn't be any more 1993 if it tried to but putting that aside i think there's a lot to enjoy on here there's a moody vocal a catchy chorus and some nice breakdowns to put your hands in the air too. it's got a bit of everything i played it to death at the time i still play it and when it comes on now when, I, when you know when it shuffles round my uh, not ipod uh, then again i still find it to be a really really quality piece of music and whilst i say it does sound of its period i don't mind that period because i was there
1: yeah and i agree with that and it is a good track i mean i always quite liked sunscreen anyway i thought they had a, a several decent tracks i mean love you more which came out the year before was also good not that you'd ever hear that on the radio because it's got some particularly radio on friendly lyrics towards the end of it but uh, it's a good good track as well um, this was their biggest hit it was released just as pressure in february 92 when it got to number 60 and that version really isn't as good this is one where the remix definitely did it a good service um, they'd had three hits before this so you can see why they re-released it and remixed it um, at the time i believe it was called pressure us The US was because it was a US remix, so it stands for US rather than US, but that doesn't make a great deal of sense. Um, But it is one of eight... Uh, tracks on this album which are by artists who appeared nowhere else on the other standard now albums so i'll i'll run those down for you quickly only eight on this one sub sub and melanie williams snow stereo MCs, a bit surprisingly um west end but not sybil uh sunscreen monie love world party and the beloved three one hit wonders out of eight so you know there's some there that you you, you maybe a bit surprised weren't on again like the beloved but uh they were on some of the hits albums for example
0: i was about to bring the beloved up as my big surprise of those ones because um, yeah they had some amazing songs which we'll come to when we discuss them a little bit later on yeah a good haul uh of uh of one hit wonders yeah, it's, and, it's, uh, it's
1: not as many as i thought it would be looking at this album i thought mm, there's probably going to be quite a few on here um that will be a different story next time, I suspect. But uh, for now, let's um, let's leave that there and move on to track 18, which is uh, Moni Love and Born to Breed.
0: Uh, it's a clever juxtaposition of breed and build relationships where education and enlightenment dominate. Uh, yes, that. Yes. Very, very, very clever. Um, and she very much... Doesn't need the message of this song. Very much doesn't need a man to help her sort her stuff out. Um, she's going to get on and be an independent woman who's doing it for herself. She doesn't need no man. It's produced by Prince, yes. Who last time I looked was very much a man. Um, <laughs> not that I'm dissing the song. I think the song's it's quite good. Uh, it's it, it is a rap that has a strong feminist voice to it, and uh, you know because we're, we're modern sophisticated men we understand the importance of that and, and she was doing that at the time when there was very little of that kind of voice women tended to sing about how much they loved men this is ahead of its time
1: yeah and um and and if you didn't know it was produced by prince the fact that it says paisley park radio mix um actually on the uh, cd is uh pretty much evidence of that um interestingly enough that wasn't track one on the cd single i remember buying this for urn and i took a listen to it and i think the prince mix was track two uh the paisley park mix and i remember saying to everybody look just play play that because it's better so it's nice to see that for once i was actually in tune with what ashley abram was thinking here because he he had the same idea he thought this is a better mix so technically
0: it's not surprising, is it, that uh, Prince makes a radio edit of the song, and that's the one you should play on the radio. He's he's giving you all the clues you need there, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is. And um, the one thing that I don't like about it, otherwise I think it's fine, are the uh, gurgly kiddie noises at the start. I have a particular aversion to kiddie noises in songs. I don't think they're necessary. They're slightly below bagpipes on my list of things that are not usually required.
0: Um, I can see why they're in there, given the subject matter of the song and basically being a a new single parent, as I think she was at the time. And uh, nice to see that for once, Prince producing a female artist's um, song wasn't as a result of him also trying to jump (laughs) between the sheets with her. So, So he's moved on as well. Thank you. As should we, to track 19. Uh, which is the final one on disc one. It's Hue and Cry, Labour of Love, which is a really fabulous song in 1987. Yeah. Why is it on here now?
1: Yes, let me explain. So this had been on Now 10 back in 87, the the original version. The version that was issued in 1993 was a remix, and I quote from the sleeve notes here, this well-acclaimed remix, well, that's debatable, uh, returned them to the chart, except they put the original on the album and not the remix so that's slightly unfortunate isn't it really uh not not mr abram's fault obviously someone picked the wrong track um the fact that it was only a number 25 hit in remix form anyway means that um this is arguably one of those that could have got the chop really i would say
0: i'm always i'm always happy to hear it always i think it's a really good song um and it starts and ends fantastically but if you can't tell and Ashley actually abram can't tell and ponters can't tell the difference between this and the original as you quite rightly say there is no need for it to be on here
1: well point of order the remix was quite different it was quite dancy um so i think I, I don't think it's that people couldn't tell i think it's that some dopey tape op in the uh, in the virgin emi department just picked the wrong track and probably didn't care really
0: well all right then let's take that disc out yeah
1: ain't gonna listen to disc one no more
0: (laughs) let's take it out then and pop in disc two where we start with a comeback song from a band who were taking i think quite a big risk and there was quite a lot around this let's hear ordinary world
2: what is happening to me crazy something
1: It's Long Desk, and this time Ranjon and I are reviewing Now24, we've moved on to disc 2, and you've just heard a bit of track 1, which is Duran Duran and Ordinary World.
0: I think this might be my favourite Duran Duran song. As I was saying, for the big comeback single, this one, they'd been away after their massive period in the mid-80s, they'd done other things since then that had never quite worked. So to come back with what was such a different and mature sound was taking a risk. I think it's brilliantly crafted and elegantly produced. And when you think of how big their career had been to return with something like this and do so well with it, I, I take my hat off to them. I really love this song.
1: Yeah, and I know you're not a big fan usually, so that is, that is praise from you, I know. But uh, I mean, I am a big Duran Duran fan but I agree with what you said. It's a, it's a fantastic comeback. I mean, I didn't mind The Violence of Summer, which was the big, well, big-ish hit off their previous album, but by no means is it a classic, and it's very dated in sound compared to this. I mean, this sounded good at the time. It still sounds pretty contemporary. It hasn't really dated. Um, I probably prefer the next single after this one, but I still think this is a a very, very good song. And it was their biggest hit since 85. So clearly they were doing something right. Even Notorious didn't do as well as this.
0: Track two is um, the ubiquitous Annie Lennox. No now album is complete, as indeed no Brit Awards would be complete without Lennox getting involved somewhere. This time with a uh, song called Love Song for a Vampire. Now, this was uh, from Bram Stoker's Dracula, and uh, they released this as a double A side with a song called Little Bird, which I would have said was the more now track, if if there is such a thing as a now track. Little Bird was... Certainly, the more poppy one. I'm surprised they went for this one.
1: Yeah, I think we have to say that for the second album running after the Bjorn Again incident last time, they have very much picked the wrong double A-side track. "Love Song for a Vampire" never did much for me. Always found it really dull. Um, whereas "Little Bird" is a brilliant song. Um, it does appear on another album, which came out in '93, which we may well be covering in the not too distant future. So we we may well get to hear it later. In in one of our podcasts but uh, for now we're going to have to park that thought because uh, we certainly don't want to hear any of this one
0: no we won't instead let's hear something from uh, one of those artists that are, that only appeared on an album just the ones just this one it's World Party is it like today it's sad.
1: that's track three on disc two of now 24 is it like today from world party a pre-release track and a real risk this one because they'd never had any big hits before this was their only sizable hit ever in fact number 19 so not exactly massive but i mean it was huge on the radio at the time everyone was playing this um it's another environmental track isn't it it's a bit like a more credible version of E 17's house of love from the last (laughs) album that we reviewed
0: yeah, and uh, I'm normally kind of drawn to those things. I find this supremely untroubling. I really like it. It's it's catchy-ish, and it's okay-ish, and certainly, as you as you know, we have that kind of level of what does it do when I hear it? Does it hmm. does it evoke any any strong emotion in me? And it the emotion it evokes in me is pleasantness. I you know I'll hear it. I won't switch it off. I, but equally. I would not go out and try and find that world party that's happening.
1: I mean, it's good to have it here, though, because, you know, we've, we keep saying this on on every edition, really. You know, now albums are there to round up the stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think of straight away when you were listing, I don't know, top 10 tracks from this period or whatever but it's it's good to have it there I mean it, it, like I said it certainly I remember it being played a lot on the radio at the time not by URN because for some reason we never got a copy but that's another story so uh, let's, let's move on to I don't think we did anyway I don't remember playing it uh, so on we go to track 4 which we certainly did play a lot towards the end of spring term uh, Constant Craving by KD Lang it's actually a re-release that because it only got to number 52 the year before uh, number 15 when it was reissued and i i think a perfectly good song quite nice
0: for me it doesn't really go anywhere it's like every couple of lines she seems to lose interest in singing it do you know what i mean
1: yeah kind of
0: you get the constant craving has always been then it stops then she uh, oh oh yeah craving ah, constant. <laughs> yeah i know what you mean there's something missing from that that makes it really good um, it does have the other misheard lyric in there. That's two on this album, the Can't Stand Gravy. Oh, yeah. Yes, which which some people went with. For me, she seems to lose interest in singing it herself, and if she's not bothered... <laughs> then i can't be either um track five somebody who definitely definitely was bothered about singing the song oh it's yes. uh, tasman archer tasman archer's in your care now you never hear this ever 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 mainly because she keeps singing son of a bitch all the way through it um which is going to make it a little radio on trend yes true but i think this is this this is earnest and it's sung with such conviction uh, it's a bit of a hard sell for good ear on the advert though i imagine <laughs>
1: yeah i don't I, I don't think I don't think they covered this one when they did their little roundup. I suspect 2 Unlimited probably got the nod. Um but uh, it, it's a bit like the Annie Lennox track. It's not a very now friendly song. Um you can see why it's here because obviously it's the follow-up to a a number one song. Um and I really like it. I mean it's it's one of those I can't listen to it too often when it comes up on my uh, actual iPod. Um I I sometimes have to skip it. It's not an easy listen. This is obviously a very, very heartfelt song about something that I assume happened to her. Um, and, you know, you, you just need to listen to it, make up your own mind. Um, we're not playing a clip of it because although I think it's brilliant, it, it's, not, it's difficult to actually pick a clip that is representative, really, because it's a, it, it's a very heartfelt song.
0: Yes, I think the, uh, the light-hearted nature of our podcast doesn't doesn't we don't we're we're not worthy of playing this no (laughs) uh so so you should probably go off and do that yourself um the the reason we're not playing the next track pm dawn's looking through patient eyes is because it's very very boring
1: it is isn't it yeah so i I was thinking about this and thinking again i remember playing it a fair bit at the time um it's got that uh father figure uh sample hasn't it from uh, george michael this is this, that's the one isn't it
0: <laughs> there's the reason why i don't like yes, it
1: <laughs> probably but even then i had to check it because i thought is it is it that one or was it one of their other ones it yeah it's it's kind of yeah i've forgotten much to say about it really to be honest
0: what it is is it's very much not set adrift on memory bliss
1: no it isn't it's 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 not interesting it doesn't use the sample in an intriguing way so it's not really worthy of much more discussion i would say bye bye pm dawn
0: head to oblongdesk.podbean.com for extra oblong desk content and join our ever-growing band of desco divas that's what you are by clicking a like, follow or subscribe button and then you'll be told when to listen, which is much simpler. Coming up, Noakes says something that can be taken out of context and prefixed in any number of untrue ways. I went with how he starts his day. Probably involves a mountain of illegal drugs. My now nemesis pops up again. Three minutes of the worst kind of whiny build that left me wanting to slice my ears off. And we have a gander at some of the tracks that were left off now 24. That's all after we heard a bit of Sweet Harmony, The Beloved, are here.
1: is track seven on disc two of now 24 which we're reviewing here on oblong desk it's the beloved and sweet harmony their only top 10 hits which is frankly a disgrace from uh, their album conscience which i bought because i loved their album happiness not their first album but the first album that they did with any hits on it Uh, but conscience the follow-up it wasn't a very good album. Sweet Harmony, unfortunately, is by far the best track on it. There's not a lot else to recommend it. But um, as you said earlier, John, it's a bit of a surprise that one of the earlier beloved tracks never got onto a now.
0: Well, indeed. I mean, you've got the likes of I'm Just Off the Top of My Head Here, Sunrising, Hello, Time After Time. I absolutely love all of those songs. Some of them are my in my top ten songs of all time this for me doesn't reach those heights but this is still a very fine song and um yeah like you say more beloved please generally
1: yeah and time after time sadly wasn't a top 40 hit so it was never likely to get on a now album and uh... I think the earlier ones, I don't know why, because they were on the same record label for both uh, Happiness and Conscience, Um, but the tracks off Happiness, Hello and The Sun Rising, were both on Hits albums. So it seems that they've kind of switched Allegiance here to Now for this one. Thank goodness, because it's nice to have them along for the one and only time. And uh, yeah, it's a nice track, still like it. Now.
0: Uh, This next track is Dina Carroll. This is track eight on Uh, disc two. Uh, And she's, well, this time I would say is, yes, as you say, a little bit boring to say the least. But Dina Carroll herself has a brilliant voice. One of those things you could say, oh, she could sing the phone book. She's got a soulful, clean, beautiful voice and applied to some wonderful songs elsewhere in her canon. This is... As you say, it's average. She can't even save it.
1: No, it's 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 dull, and and she would have a few uh, now album entries in the uh, in the next year or so, but um, it, it's a terribly dull song. I only got to number twenty three as well. It wasn't exactly a massive hit. Uh, the one before was so close. That was the one that was out around about Christmas time, and that's not much better. But I would have out of the two, I would have been tempted to go with that one because it's got a bit more of a tune. Um, as you say, she she's fine, but the song itself isn't great um which moves us on to oh dear track nine lady godiva's room from the Montreux ep uh simply red john
0: i am so monumentally angry with this track because listener in the interests of giving it a fair go for you because i i know that i shouldn't be prejudiced i shouldn't dismiss Mick Hucknall and simply read out of hand just because 28 years ago I was really 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 disinterested in them so I stuck this on YouTube So not only now have I subjected myself to three minutes of the worst kind of whiny build that left me wanting to slice my ears off. I've now also got YouTube suggesting things to me like money's too tight to mention and drowning in my own tears. (laughs) Not bloody likely.
1: Well, I was going to say, I mean, the only way this could have been worse is if they'd selected drowning in my own tears, because that was also on the Montre EP. And if anything, that's the one that got the most airplay. I think Um, the, um, the other fact about this is that it was released in november 92 so it could quite easily have been left off this album entirely it's seemingly an obligation that he put uh, simply red on at this point which is uh unfortunate to say the least
0: it's one of those uh psychological tests isn't it that ashley abraham has performed just on me specifically can you cope with this how about if we put some george michael on as well I mean, fortunately, that hasn't
1: happened. No, that hasn't happened here. Yeah. No,
0: no, it's it, it is a trial and an endurance listener that I go through for you on every occasion.
1: You you, you get a bit of a rest now for 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 a bit. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, so, uh, also released in November '92, and uh, track ten on disc two, "Invisible Touch Live" by Genesis, where naughty Phil Collins says the F word. Not on the album. It's bleeped out or blanked out but uh he he does on the uh single version of this naughty phil
0: uh, i'd prefer it dead rather than alive or as a push if they just re-released the one they recorded in a stu studio
1: Yes, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, what is there to say? It's invisible touch. We don't, we didn't really need to hear the live version. I think it's a decent enough Genesis track, but um, considering it was quite old at the point of release of this album, I'm not really sure why it's there again, other than to fulfil the Virgin EMI uh, artist list obligation, um, which brings us on to someone who was uh, certainly not on quite as many now albums as Genesis in any uh, in any sense of the word. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Is track 11 and we're going to hear a bit of Are You Gonna Go My Way?
0: this is in a guitar book i own which is called like a hundred great riffs that every novice guitarist should catastrophically murder in the belief they have a modicum of skill of their own what a song i love it to bits i I obviously have had a go at playing it. i can do it at about a quarter of the speed that is required to get the riff going but it's ah it's lovely it's lovely it's loud and persistent and a great noise to have on for a few minutes of your life
1: yeah, agree with that. It's the best thing he ever did, I think, um, in an admittedly not particularly crowded field. Um, but, uh, of course, he'd had that kind of late 90s revival with Fly Away, didn't he, which was number one. But, I mean, that's all right, but this is better. And um, and, yeah. we, and we get into a little rock section here, don't we?
0: We do. And let's play another one, a really, really heavy one for Depeche Mode, who have uh, well and truly... Ditched their Vince Clark Blinky Blonky era. They've got rid of his button, and uh, here's a fantastic tune. I Feel You. I feel-
1: That's Depeche Mode with I Feel You and that is track 12 on disc 2 of Now24. One of only three Now appearances would you believe. The others being "Enjoy the Silence and Precious, either side of this one. Um, I'm really not keen. I didn't like it at the time. Um, I loved the Violator album and the singles off that and I, I actually quite like the early Plinky Plonk stuff. I know that's unusual. Um, certainly they're very, very hardcore fans wouldn't listen to any of that stuff and they'd Rather listen to this but the noise of the intro alone was enough to put me off and i've never changed my opinion on it i'm afraid i do not like this at all
0: whereas depeche mode fans let's unite as one i think this is a real turning up to 11 tune which i absolutely always do when it comes on think (laughs) and it's one of those moments where, where, thank goodness, listener, you can see a little bit of contrast because I think this may be the best thing they ever did. Ooh. Absolutely love it to bits. Uh,
1: Interesting. Well, I yeah, we've, we've the, mostly agreed up until this point, but I, I very much disagree on this.
0: The reason that I really, really, really love it is precisely the reason you really, really hate it is that real loud screechy noise at the start and then into the fantastic full-on riff that just drives it all the way through and the vocal is hard it's it's a really moody song it's one you can just turn up really loud when you're in the one of those moods and we know what kind of mood the average depeche mode fan is normally in and that's a bit miserable so if you're in one of those <laughs> moods there's nothing better to do
1: probably probably best not to talk about the mood that dave gahan was in at the time because it probably involves a mountain of illegal drugs let's uh skip on to uh, track 13 shall we which is uh, peter gabriel and steam which is uh, a good song i think it's very long it's probably overly long uh there would have been a radio edit would have been nice but i don't think there ever was one
0: uh, he, he certainly he certainly gives you good value for money if you buy singles plenty of track per pence uh, you could boil two eggs while you listen to this and maybe that's what inspired him to write a song about steam <laughs> um, I, think, I think like yeah i think it's really good there's echoes of sledgehammer and probably it's his best thing since he did sledgehammer
1: i think so and and it also had a very kind of innovative video didn't it which do you remember they tried to recreate it at the brits he kind of had the big massive baggy suit on that he had in the video and they did a kind of stripped down version of it quite successfully actually good job they never tried to do the sledgehammer video at the brits because uh, you know just think of all the waste of fruit that there would have been for a start
0: yeah yeah and i don't think even tony Hart could have uh no done plasticine that
1: no i think i think it would have been difficult to recreate live so yeah good good track his last big hit as i said earlier and uh pretty much a nailed on or was always going to be on this now album track probably not so the next one maybe
0: track 14 is Ugly Kid Joe with cats in the cradle. I didn't like the original. This does nothing to rectify it. It's it's not it's not novelty. So they've gone from novelty hit to cover, which is a classically well-trodden route. <laughs> um, but no it's yeah
1: i mean it's funny isn't it it's some things as we've touched on before that you like at the time you just kind of think now what what was i thinking i do remember liking this at the time i didn't know the harry chapin version very well i knew it was a cover but i didn't know the original as well as the um ugly kid joe version but yeah i'm not bothered by it anymore really to tell you the truth
0: right track 15 is a rock band not doing rock it still counts but Mm. I tell you what. Let's just play a bit of it. It's faith no more. Yeah.
2: Ooh, it's why me.
1: are reviewing Now24 on this edition of Oblong Desk. We've got track 15 on disc 2. It's the one you just heard. Faith No More, I'm Easy or as the uh, printers of the booklet would have it, just easy uh, which is incorrect because that was the Title of the Commodore's version, but it was definitely I'm Easy in the Faith No More version. Double A side would be aggressive. Hmm, you never hear that anymore, do you? I wonder why.
0: Well, there's a juxtaposition of two moods to go on there. The best bit in this, and let's be clear, it's a very competent cover. The best bit is the sleazy Ew! into the guitar oh, solo. Yeah, yeah. And I would just say it is lovely because we've discussed this on previous podcasts. Um, it's lovely to see Faith No More actually on here because, as we were saying, they didn't get onto some of the other ones where they could have done, because Faith No More are a little bit scary. So here they are. They've done something that's nice that the that, you know that the grannies and the mums might have heard before. And as I say, it's a really really good cover of it. I prefer it to the Commodores version.
1: Oh really? Oh that's interesting. Now I think I prefer the original. I mean it's okay. It's um, it, it's always unfortunate I think when a band I really like has their biggest hits with something which isn't their best song. But it does happen a lot for that very reason that, you know, um, bands aren't necessarily going to be uh, appealing to everybody. So when they do something that's quite mainstream and not necessarily challenging, it is going to be a big hit. And that's what happened here. I mean, it's certainly not their best cover version. Have you ever heard their um, cover of This Town Big Enough for the Both of Us with Sparks?
0: I haven't, and I'm now going to go and do that this afternoon. I think
1: you should. It was a number 40 smash, and uh, and even better than that, I would say, didn't make the top 40, though, was their version of I Started a Joke, the Bee Gees song, which is really, really good. Um, (laughs) So there's a couple for you to, to check out.
0: Right, track 16 is Brian Ferry, I Put a Spell on You bracketed here <laughs> the single mix long version I,
1: which, which is reasons. baffling because um, it's just the single mix i think uh,
0: maybe they felt like it was dragging a little yeah, bit yes probably uh, well, I can no understand you didn't that, brian yeah. you didn't put a spell on me at all i have been singularly uncaptured by his charms for the entirety of his career i just don't like his voice oh yes i forgot I know many
1: people fan. do but not me. I, I really like Roxy Music and Brian Ferry. This one's a bit dull, though, really. Um, it's an old standard. It's not, not the best. Um, I would say the follow-up, which was his... I mean, this was a whole album of covers that this came from. The follow-up single was Will You Love Me Tomorrow, and that was a very moody and very well-put-together version of that, which, sadly, never got on a Now album. It could have been on the next one, but uh, it wasn't. Um, this one, however, yeah, it doesn't do much for me.
0: The next track is, again, one of those things where I'm going to have to ask you why it's on here because it was originally from a very long time ago. It's Ultravox's Vienna, and as we uh, discussed last time, I now can't listen to this without substituting Vic Reeves lyrics in here because once you've heard the lines, Hitler dwelt in this land (laughs) and Van Morrison was born here, the original just (laughs) cannot compare to that. It's been massively improved by Vic Reeves, but why is it on here?
1: over to me yes uh, so that was re-released and of course it was from 81 so this this was far too early to ever have been on a now album uh, but it was re-released to tie in with a best of it's as simple as that they um, they had a best of out uh, the record company thought right what can we chuck out oh they probably thought about it for all of about 0.5 of a second and thought well, well let's stick Vienna out again uh, got to number 13 this time so at least no one could say oh should have been a number one but it was held off by oh twelve 12 other singles um, so yeah. so you know, I mean it's a good song, I like it, but um there's no real need for it to be on here, I wouldn't say, particularly.
0: Do you know you'd you'd like to think that they could have because because not always the big songs end up on the now There is some normally some spice surely this was an opportunity to throw something on, like maybe Dancing With Tears In My Eyes or something like that.
1: Yes, maybe you're right. It would have been interesting to have a different Ultravox single out, although, of course, they could have put out more than one. wouldn't be the first time that uh, record companies tried to... Uh, Piggyback off her greatest hits with uh, loads of re-releases. Um, the last track on Now Twenty Four is "Hope of Deliverance" from Sir Wacky Maca Two Thumbs Aloft. If you uh, if you know your smash hits lingo, or Paul McCartney to the rest of us, um, probably off an album that was regarded as the best thing he ever did since Wings, because nearly every solo album he did from the eighties onwards was the best thing he ever did since Wings or the Beatles or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, I don't have a great to say about this track it's perfectly okay but it's not exciting really
0: well uh, he's a pensioner now of course so he should get priority deliverance yes um we need to contextualize this and you've kind of started against the fact that he is a legendary songwriter let there be no doubt probably to paraphrase brian Clough, he's in the top one Uh, but this is not his finest work at all let's face it There had been, in spite of the record company's best endeavours, nothing worthwhile from Macca since he ditched those cartoon frogs. And these days he exists purely to be wheeled out at big events to do a a pub sing-along version of Hey Jude, and that's it. But, you know, we can't deny his genius we would be churlish to do so um i don't think this needs remembering in the pantheon of all of the stuff that he did particularly and the video features him just every two seconds grinning inanely at linda
1: oh dear it's one of those is it
0: yes well well she does nothing in the corner
1: yeah i mean i i recently thanks to the top of the pops repeat saw the video for this one which is pretty much identical so uh, it it doesn't sound like much had moved on in four years then in in either musical terms or video terms oh well
0: Right, it's that time where we look at the things that didn't end up on Now24 but could have done. And as you were saying before, uh, he'd done a fairly good job, but I'm sure you've got something for me to consider, mate.
1: Yeah, I have. I've got uh, eight tracks in our um, look what you could have won section. Now, a few of these ended up on other Virgin EMI albums that year, such as uh, Loaded, which was uh, an indie dance type collection. And uh, also we've got the Mega Dance collections, which we may be covering, I think, at some point. So watch this space. Um, But uh, I've included them here anyway as, uh, as contenders. All of these are pretty big hits. I've stuck to, again, stuff that was eligible during the period and wouldn't have likely been on an alternative compilation. Uh, So first up, uh, she's back in the uh, list of contenders, Lisa Stansfield. Someday I'm Coming Back was a number 10 hit um, around Christmas time and the start of the new year. Could have been on here quite easily.
0: It's all right. Um, She'd kind of done her best things by then, I think, and... I don't know what it would replace other than obviously Simply Red, which can be replaced by literally anything. <laughs> but no, no,
1: well, she, carry Well, she will be back on Now Albums very soon with stuff that's not as good as that. So uh, let's uh, let's have that to look forward to. Uh, the Shaman, Forever People, number five. Bit of a surprise they didn't go with this. It is, however, on uh, the Mega Rave album, which was uh, on that uh, stable. So maybe maybe they just decided to leave it on there and... And not have it on here instead.
0: And there's a few bizarre mixes of this that that are as there were with a lot of uh, yeah, the Bostrom yeah, album, yeah. and you have to be careful which one you get because the single mix was quite good. Yeah, uh, they the version on Bostrom was. oh it
1: was it was dreadful i mean nearly all the album versions of the boss drum singles were terrible um and given that they messed up with lsi they may well have messed up with this so perhaps they were just being being cautious um jesus jones the devil you know number 10 that got to and they'd already been on a now album too actually um with two previous Ah,
2: yes
0: yes mr jones and they blew hot and cold for me to jesus jones sometimes they absolutely got it right and sometimes they didn't, and this is a didn't.
1: Oh, really? know, I, I quite like it, actually. Um, the next two were both on the deconstruction label. Now, I think, given that Felix was also on Deconstruction, and we discussed last time how that didn't make Now 23. I can only assume, because neither of these two were on here, that they just didn't have the rights to the Deconstruction label songs at the time. But I'll I'll rattle them off anyway. Usura, Open Your Mind, big dance hit, number seven, and the remix of How Can I Love You More by M-People, which got to number eight and was their first big hit, although I don't
0: like it. I would concur. Usura, uh, top tune, and m people what have you done today well nothing same as you did yesterday very very boring for me and massively overrated
1: yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I I love the original version of How Can I Love You More. Absolutely love it. And then they just went into this phase of overly produced dance stuff, which didn't do it for me. The early stuff, the very early stuff that didn't chart very highly is much better. Um, Saint-Etienne, You're In A Bad Way, not a massive hit, number 12, but their biggest at the time. And um, they did later get on Now album, so they could have sneaked on with that, maybe
0: i once sat not directly opposite but close enough that it counts to sarah cracknell on a tube and that's my brush with celebrity for this episode uh, remember you can also send yours in <laughs> if you've had minor brushes with <laughs> well, so, this, uh,
1: this is a, this is a quite extraordinary scenario because i once shared a tube train with pete wiggs from saint etienne um not sat directly opposite but i had just bought a saint etienne football top as a sort of semi-tribute to the fact that I love the band. And I was far too embarrassed to get him to sign it or anything like that. And he looked like he was too busy to care. So I just didn't say a word.
0: Well, there you go. I, I, of the two, I've got to say I'd rather meet Cracknell any day. Absolutely. Uh, however, that said, we, we both love Sonetti, and We would both put this on here in an instant, I think. Uh, I love the song.
1: Um, the next one, I think, is the biggest one under file under I'm Amazed It's Not Here, even if I'm not exactly a big fan. Wright said Fred and Friends, with the comic relief song Stick It Out, got to number four. Wright said Fred had been on Now albums before, so it's... a bit baffling given that they'd always put the comic relief songs on or the big ones anyway not not the mr bean one which was just a one-off thing for the general election the year before but all the other comic relief songs up to this point i think had been on somewhere on an now album so this is a bit of a surprising omission i think
0: and there's not an awful lot of novelty on here no um, is there
1: no fact, and i'd go so
0: far as to say there's there's nothing on here that you would regard as a novelty song, particularly when you consider like last album we had
1: (laughs) several yes (laughs) bit of a surprise and 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 it's by no means the worst comic relief song i mean for a start the stonk had featured on a now 19 and that's absolutely dreadful so
0: yeah i mean i'm personally not bothered that it's not on here but as you say a surprise
1: and finally for our consideration animal nitrate by suede which was their first big hit got to number seven and was a urn favorite of course
0: It was and still sounds brilliant to this day. I am something of a a fan of anyone who can play the guitar better than me, which is most people, but those ones who are right at the top of their game. Bernard Butler's amazing. Uh, This sounds fantastic. And yes, you've given me something of a quandary now. I know. Well, I think there's a lot of good stuff to choose from.
1: There is. I mean, I think we kind of agreed on the one we're surprised, isn't there? Which I think we're both agreeing is right, said Fred. But yeah. Of the ones that should be on there, I'm torn between Saint-Etienne and Suede. Um, I think I'd rather have seen Suede on there. But on the basis that they did get onto Loaded, the kind of indie compilation from roughly the same time, I'll, I'll probably go for Saint-Etienne, I think.
0: And there is a lot of rock, not much, not much indie rock, but there is a lot of guitar on here, particularly compared to other now albums. So I'm going to go Sonetio.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um,
0: but it's a close call.
1: <laughs> yes, okay. And that almost brings us to the end, doesn't it? So we've got just one thing to do, to choose a favourite track from the album. And um, I yes. think I, I kind of referenced this earlier in that there's there's a lot of good stuff on here. I wouldn't say there's a lot of exceptional stuff on here. Um, there's a lot of stuff I liked at the time that I'm less keen on now. It, it's a bit of a struggle, this. So I, I'll let you go first, if that's all right, because I suspect I know what you're going to say.
0: It's down to two for me, and it's very close, and I really, really am just going to have to toss a coin on this one. It's between Duran Duran and Depeche Mode. Now, in the past, I've always gone for the one that I think is least likely, but I think the Duran Duran song is so strong and was such a big deal for them, and is so significant in the fact that had it been a failure, had it not been received well, that would have probably killed them forever but here they are still going strong to this day. I'm picking Duran Duran's uh, Ordinary World.
1: Wow. Uh, now you see, I thought you were going to say Depeche Mode, so you surprised me there. I, um, I'm i going to stick with one of those that it's nice to have it here, otherwise it may have been forgotten for history type tracks. I'm not saying it's necessarily the best song on the album even um, but we you know we're going for favorites rather than best here aren't we I mean there is there is technically a difference between the two so if we're just talking favorites do you know what I'm going to give it to sunscreen because I, I really enjoy it every time I hear it now it hasn't been overplayed and it reminds me of that happy urN time when uh, we were playing lots of songs like that that uh, really on the big grown-up radio stations they weren't touching very much because even radio one didn 't play that much i don't think so um i will go for pressurist by sunscreen
0: excellent and if i want to hear that because it is a fine choice i'll just pop round and get uh, okay, you to stick it on
1: okay mate so that's a deal
0: take two different traces fantastic So that wraps up Now24, that wraps up Oblong Desk's fourth edition. We will be back with something else in the near future, I would suspect, Now25. But we've also got some specials to look out for, so keep your ears peeled and your eyes peeled for those things. Get in touch with us as well if you have been inspired or angered or the usual things <laughs> the if, any, if any emotions have stirred in you the usual emotions if any of those have stirred then our uh, twitter is at the oblong desk you can get in touch with us via the facebook page you just need to search for oblong desk on facebook and that'll come up or you can leave comments at our website which is oblongdesk.podbean.com
1: yeah we look forward to hearing from you and uh, in the meantime take care and uh, we'll be back soon
0: bye oblong desk was written spoken and then the bad bits chopped out by noakes and john Tyndall with original music by john head to oblongdesk.podbean.com for all things desk and messages at the oblong desk on social
2: media